0: This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. They pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 1-1 one one Clothing Company. Making apparel for their first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at line1-1clothing one one on Instagram. You could also find them or email them at line1-1clothing one one at yahoo.com. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo Knife today. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This is a podcast for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. Our guest on the show today is Blake Brewer. Blake is on a mission to help one million dads write at least one well written, meaningful, lasting legacy letter to their children. Blake has a wonderful wife and loves being a father to his three children, all under six. As he leads his family, he draws from many mentors, but none more important than his father, Larry Brewer. Welcome to the show, brother
1: hey david how's it going man i'm uh i'm really excited to be here i've been looking forward uh, to this time together all week
0: absolutely man just thank you for coming on here bro and uh before we open up about your mission because i know it's such a great topic i would like to ask you a few questions about your dad if you don't mind absolutely and uh, one of those questions i want to ask you Mm -hmm. is how was your relationship with your father well,
1: David, um, you know, as I've gotten older and I've met a lot of different um, guys and i realized, um, you know, and I've talked to them about their relationship with their dad, I feel pretty lucky um, mm-hmm. that I had a good relationship with my dad. I look back at my dad and um, he was definitely our my provider, <clears throat> uh, protector. He guided us. Um, I knew that my dad uh, loved me. Now, I will say that my dad... Um, you know, so he was my football coach growing up, baseball coach. He took me camping. We did all kinds of great things together. Um, but I would say my dad was more of a uh, – like a like an introvert. Mm-hmm. And so as I look back, um, there was a lot of times, you know, I was going to my mom to talk to her about different things because I didn't – and I, you know, I maybe at times felt uncomfortable talking to my dad about uh, certain things. And so one one of the things I've had to do with my kids is, is – definitely be more open and you know you can come talk to me about anything um but so my dad was not perfect in Mm -hmm. any way um but man i had a good dad like he 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 was a good dad he provided for me took took us to church every sunday i knew what my
0: dad stood for Mm -hmm. and see that's that's what we do as fathers We we we're not perfect at all and we're not all gonna get it you know but when you start adding those elements that you said, you know, about how he took you to church and, and what he taught you and stuff like that. I mean, that, that's a good dad, you know, and I, I got to agree with you. And not too many people have that, you know. Um, with that being said, Blake, how was his interaction with your mom? Because that's a big part of being a father, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, um, man, let me back up before we get to that question, because I was thinking about um, something that my dad, uh, you know, just thinking about the power of a dad's Mm -hmm. uh, words, and you know how those, you know, you have those things that your dad told you, and you're like, man, I don't know why I remember that one thing, but I do. And uh, I was thinking um, back when my dad was my uh, my football coach, and uh, I was the return man, and that, that was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. and my dad had called this one play and i was supposed to do a reverse to this other guy and right as i was about to hand the ball off to this guy i look up the field and there's like nobody there so i decide to basically call an audible and keep the ball for myself and i ended up scoring a touchdown
2: mm-hmm. but
1: even as i scored this touchdown um you know everybody was all excited but i was like oh my gosh like What's my dad gonna say? Like I didn't call the play that he ran, and uh, of course, you know I get over to the sideline, and my dad is excited. You know we scored a touchdown. You know he didn't care,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and but then we get home that afternoon, and my dad is talking about the game. He said, "Man, that was a great game." But, but Blake, I want to tell you, man, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you for that on that touchdown you scored. And he said, "I'm." And he said, "What I'm most proud of, though." is the fact that you were able to look down the field and see that there was a better option. Mm -hmm. And you made the the split-second decision to say, you know what, no, I'm going to keep the ball and I'm going to run up the field and score. And, man, that has just been, you know, since fourth grade in the back of my mind, like, man, my dad told me he was proud of me Mm -hmm. for looking down the field and saying, no, it's okay to make a better decision than maybe what the original plan was. And I've, as I've gone through life, I've realized, man, I, I haven't been afraid to do that, like, like to call an audible when I need to call an audible or kind of look down, the, down, you know, six months, a year in advance or even on a project and say, no, no, we need to make a change. And I was, I was kind of asking myself one time, I was like, man, why do I feel very comfortable doing that? And it's like, man, it goes back to something my dad told me when I was in fourth grade. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, that is crazy. And you know what I mean? I think a lot of times fathers get stuck in that change, right? Because change is difficult in life right especially when you have a family mm-hmm. and you you're you're afraid to make the, the wrong mistake afraid to move your family across the country or whatever you know what i mean those are big changes and i i think that a part of that change like that like with you comes from our father and just being able to just you know give you that pat on the back that extra confidence that you got has really affected the rest of your life and that's awesome you know what i mean
1: Oh, yeah. And I know that with my children, the things that I tell them that I'm proud of them for, Mm -hmm. that's what they're going to keep doing. Okay. Dad's proud of me for for saying, yes, sir. You know, I'm trying to teach. I try to teach my. I'm from the South originally. So we say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, Mm ma'am. And so I'm trying to help my children say that. And, uh, you know, I tell them I'm proud of them when they do it. And I know that they'll uh, repeat it.
0: Absolutely. and those are those positive affirmations that our children need. They say it's a, like a 10 to one ratio of positive affirmations to to one negative. <laughs> you oh know?
1: man, and it's so easy to like do the negative mm-hmm. and uh, it's so you know it's so easy to point out when they did when they did something wrong and uh, get them in trouble or discipline and that's one of the things I'm intentionally trying to do is know when
0: they do something
1: right, I need to point that out just as much or more than when they mess up, which I think that's what you're saying, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With that being said, what did you see your father, like, when, you know, back to that interaction with your mother, like, did you ever see him, like, make mistakes with her, like, or how was their interaction, like, when they were in conflict and stuff like that, you know what I mean?
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. I... I knew that my dad loved my mom Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, you know, I felt very secure. Um, you know, you know, and I, you know, I know a lot of people have divorced parents, my wife, her parents are divorced. Um, and so I feel just really lucky that I came from a household where, you know, my parents were, you know, loved each other. And, um, but you know, I, I will, I will say there was, uh, times where, um, you know, and even looking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, my dad could have done a better job of loving my mom. And then there was also times where I could look back, I'm like, man, I can see why my mom, um, you know, why wasn't the easiest person to love in that moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's not like I never saw him fought. I saw him, I saw him fight and I saw him, but by fight, I mean, um, disagree on things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, uh, I think maybe looking back though, you see someone disagree and then what happens? Like you see that they worked it out and they still love each other. And I think that was the beauty of it. You hear these stories of people, they never saw their, their parents fight and it's like, well, you know, that's not even real. Like, you know that they're fighting, right? (laughs) They're just not, you just never got to see. And really what what we're trying to model for our kids is, um, how to disagree with someone and Mm -hmm. work it out.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. how to, deal with conflict in a healthy way right not tearing off the walls and throwing down right there in the middle of the living room you know what i mean so no i agree with you 100 percent. you know that was awesome you know that you you talked about how yeah they disagreed they had arguments but they are able to model that conflict resolution in your family then that's that's awesome that's good to see you know what i mean yeah, absolutely now with that being said brother what are you seeing today with the trends of information or anything like that in the state of fatherhood today? What do you, what do you see that's happening in our society with fatherhood?
1: Yeah, well, as you know, um, man, I think it, I think it's hard to be a, a good father right mm-hmm. now. Um, the world is telling us um, that we don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is telling us through media, through TV shows, and it can be subtle. Mm-hmm. But basically, that fathers are, are idiots, um, fathers are, are the stupid ones, um, and you know sometimes it'll be like in a sitcom and it's funny,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but really it's a sub, you know, very subtle message that uh, man, you know, you don't really have a strong role to play, and and so that that feeds into us, but then our our wives are seeing that, our children um, are seeing that, and. Um, you know, one of the things I share with dads, uh, you know, all the time is, no, like you are needed in your family so bad. Your voice matters. The words that you say
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, to your children absolutely matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the ability to speak life into your children like nobody else. Uh, on the, I can say some good things to your children, some good advice, but it doesn't. It it means nothing compared to when you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and also at the same time, if you don't say it, I mean, obviously you can, we can wound our children by saying things, um, you know, you can imagine if you were to tell your children that they weren't good at anything, if they were dumb or if they were idiots, man, how, how traumatizing that would be to a child. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you don't also believe in your child and encourage your child, you just, you end up not saying anything at all. Mm -hmm. Well, that can be traumatizing as well because uh, a kid can start to ask himself, like, why is my dad, why does he not say that he loves me? Why does he not um, encourage me? Why does he not believe in me? And so you end up making this kind of negative story, false story up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, you know, as a dad, um, we definitely have to own, you know, own our role. Yeah. Um, So –
0: no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, and it, it, you're you're absolutely right because we can tie that to like even with, you know, like credit, right? Sometimes no credit is worse than bad credit. <laughs> you know what I mean? To look at it from that perspective, you know what I mean? When you're not depositing that credit into your children, you know what I mean? Giving them that positive reinforcement, you know, just, just telling them those words of affirmation. You're absolutely right. It's leaving that void inside of them and they're going to forever go throughout life trying to fill that void right
1: yeah oh yeah absolutely so i kind of share this illustration Mm -hmm. um it's like a sailboat like a sailboat it can get through the water with uh wind that's actually coming at the sailboat. like you can zigzag the sailboat back and forth and the sailboat will still work even without a good wind Mm -hmm. but man if a sailboat has like the perfect wind behind it boom it, it can go so much faster so much easier so much quicker and it's the same way with a good dad. Mm. And if someone you can make it in life without a dad, I mean, we know people, your yeah. story, you can make it in life, but it's, man, it's so much harder. If you have a good dad who has spent time with you, who, you know, loves you, who is encouraging you, um, man, your life is going to be that much easier, uh, for you. And so, um, man, yeah, the power of the, uh, of a dad is undeniable
0: absolutely brother i wanted to read you this quote and it's it's quoting you okay (laughs) so bear with me okay i got it from your website so it says some knew my dad as a great football player he was terry bradshaw's tight end at louisiana tech and then drafted by the atlanta falcons some knew my dad as ceo of the hospital where he worked and some knew my dad as their sunday school teacher at our church but to me my dad was just my dad he was my hero. With that being said, brother, can I have you share with our audience about your personal tragedy that has happened to you that has shaped your life forever?
1: Yeah, and I appreciate um, the opportunity uh, to share this story and really to honor my dad. So in my family, there's before May 23rd, 2003, and there's after may 23rd 2003 so we took a family vacation to hawaii and we had been to florida before we'd been to colorado before but as you can imagine this is like our pinnacle vacation i was 19 years old i just finished my freshman year of college and i got home and we jumped on a plane and man we were excited to be there and the first day that we were there we decided to go to a place called hanama bay
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and have you been have you been to hawaii oh yeah yeah so you know hanama bay
0: i i don't know that bay no I, i'm more familiar with like uh molokai channel and stuff like that and holly okay well
1: yeah if you had been there you you would remember it because it's it's absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's lots of cool fish and everything and so as soon as we got there uh, we jumped in the water we were snorkeling and we saw uh saw a sea turtle mm-hmm. saw the beautiful fish and uh, our, we, we, came back into shore and we laid down on the beach and my mom laid down, my sister laid down, I laid down and everybody laid down except for my dad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And my dad said, uh, after a little bit of talking, he said, you know, we're in Hawaii. He said, I don't want to lay down on the beach. I want to go back out there in the water.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so my dad started, uh, walking down the beach and he was going to go to this new spot to snorkel. And I'll, I'll never forget laying there. And as I watched my dad walk away, I think, man, I just want to lay here. And then just this desire to just go be with my dad just overcame me. And I was like, man, I just want to go be with my dad. And I ran down the beach and caught up with him. And uh, the, I'll never forget the look he gave me. As he, as he turned around, he saw me running up behind him. And he, with a big smile on his face, uh, my dad said, ah, look who decided to join me. And as I've reflected on, uh, that smile that he gave me and how he made me feel in that moment, I realized it's what my dad had done hundreds and thousands of times. And it's really one of the best things that, uh, a dad can do. One of the best things I can do for my children to show love. And that's just to simply express that I enjoy being with them mm-hmm. to put down my phone, to put down my any distractions and just give them my full attention, and just show them, no, I like you, I like being with you, and that's what my dad did for me in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so we we uh, put on our snorkel gear, we headed off in the water, and we kept going, and we ended up in an area that I now know is called uh, Witch's Brew, and Witch's Brew is known for its treacherous waters, for its really big waves. And, uh, that day it was no different. And mm-hmm. my dad had been right next to me and I noticed that I, I didn't see him anymore. And so I, I put my head above water and I looked out for my dad. I didn't see him. Um, the waves were just, you know, really bad. So I had to wait for a big wave to come. And then I was kind of at the top of it. And I looked out and I saw my dad mm-hmm. and my dad was climbing up on this rock. Uh, to get out of the water and i remember thinking why is he trying to get out of the water right there the waves are just crashing against it and sure enough as my dad was about halfway up a wave crashes against my dad and knocks him down in the water Mm. and so i knew i needed to get over there and so i i did my best um, to, to get to my dad as fast as i could i got to where the last place i saw him I didn't see him. I'm there now by that same rock that he was not able to get up upon. But I was exhausted, and I thought, gosh, I've got to try to get out my get out of the water and catch my breath. And honestly, by the grace of God, um, I was able to get on top of this rock between the waves crashing against it. And as soon as I get up on this rock, I look down in the water, and I see my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad is treading water, and he looks up at me. And he said, uh, I need help. He -hmm. said, I need help. And my dad had this really deep, booming voice. Uh And this is like a whimper. And so I knew that he was in trouble. And so I I, I turned around and faced the beach um, where the lifeguards were and all the people. And they were so far away. They're like ants. I had no idea if they could see me or not. But I just started waving my hands profusely and started yelling for help, help, help. I turned back around, and I look at my dad, who was still treading water, and I had a decision to make. Um, Was I just going to stand there, or was I going to jump in? Mm -hmm. And I knew I couldn't just stand there. And so I jumped in after my dad, and at this point, he was about 20 yards away, and so I I swam there as fast as I could. And when I got to my dad, he was now underneath the water, and Mm -hmm. he was unconscious. And so my mind is racing. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is like, this is really serious. And so I put my arms around my dad and, uh, you know, as you mentioned, he was a a tight end in college. He was a, he was a big guy. And I did my best to to swim with him. And, uh, unfortunately the lifeguards showed up and helped get my dad to shore, um, where they start to perform CPR. And I was, next to my dad was just looking up at God and saying, God, would, would you please save my dad's life? Would you please save my dad's life? And as I looked over at my dad, I knew that it, surely this was going to be like in the movies where you know you can picture kind of the water gurgling out of their mouth and their eyes kind of flickering open, like surely that's about to happen right now. Mm-hmm. My mom and sister were... Uh, laying down on the beach and I saw all the commotion down the beach and I thought, man, we better get over there. Cause isn't that where dad and, and Blake weren't, isn't that where they were snorkeling? And so they ran down there and, um, and their worst fears came true as they saw my dad down on the ground. And i my mom came up and I said, mom, I, it doesn't look good. And, uh, and I'll just never forget that look on her face. And they loaded my dad up in the ambulance and my mom, went with him Mm -hmm. and they got into the hospital and they pronounced my dad dead. And so in a matter of of moments, I was, I was having literally one of the best days of my life, hanging out with my dad snorkeling in Hawaii and my dad's gone. And uh, man, I did not, I didn't even, I couldn't even take it in. I couldn't even process it. Mm -hmm. Um, That afternoon, we were back in the condo, and I had just finished making uh, phone calls to my dad's parents, who, as you can imagine, were devastated. They never thought that their son would die before then. I had to call my dad or called yeah my dad's work I called our church, mm-hmm. called some other friends and family making this phone call I never thought I'd have to make and I sat on the back bed of this of this condo in the back bedroom, and my mom appeared in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And she said, I've been going through your dad's stuff. And in his briefcase, I found something that he was going to give you on this trip. I had no idea what she was talking about, but in her hand was some sheets of paper. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And she walked across the room and put those sheets of paper into my hands. And at the top of the the first page, it said, Dear Blake, Natalie and Marcus. And she said, your dad, for the last couple of months, has been writing a letter Mm -hmm. to you guys to give to you on this trip, and here's your copy. And David, I have to tell you that even before I read the letter, Mm -hmm. uh, man, I felt so loved that my dad would take a couple months of his life to put his thoughts about us down on paper and to... Give us some good life advice. The the last line of this um, letter, and only God could have allowed my dad to write this. Mm-hmm. He wrote, um, uh, "For your faith, you're you're often going to find yourself uh, in the minority here on earth, but I assure you that in heaven, you'll be in the majority." Wow. Love your dear old dad in Christ Jesus. And it was exactly what I needed at that moment, because I was like, man, my dad is in heaven right now, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to see his smile again. And uh, that letter absolutely um, helped me get through, especially the next year of my life as I was grieving really hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just some of the, just knowing where my dad was, but also just, um, you know, my dad talked about you know, life is not going to be easy. There's going to be hard times and we persevere through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that was 18 years ago. And so my dad's letter, as I've gone through different phases of life from being married to, um, uh, now having kids, like my dad's words are still there guiding me. And so, man, I don't know what I would do if it wasn't, I don't know where I'd be if, if my dad hadn't written that letter and so that it absolutely changed my life so I'm, I'm so glad he did that
0: mm-hmm. no man that's such a powerful story too there Blake and I thank you for just opening up and being real with us and just being able to share that with our audience I mean that that was powerful brother I know I every time I hear it I mean this is the second time I heard it and every time I hear it it's just so profound I mean um we had a similar situation like we talked about with uh, my younger brother he passed away Last year, while hunting with his wife, and uh, he was 38 years old, a day before his 39th birthday, and uh, he had just killed a bull elk. Um, He was in a hurry. It was a Monday morning. He was trying to get back, you know, so he can get back for his birthday. His kids were with the grandma, and he wanted to celebrate with them. You know what I mean? And uh, like all men, he was in a hurry, trying to get out of there, and he didn't pay attention to his body and you know, he had just pulled this 1,200-pound animal out, and he must have really exerted himself. And the closest thing we could tell from the uh, autopsy and stuff like that is he suffered a major heart attack. And his wife, who—I mm-hmm. mean, my brother was a big man, okay? I mean, big dude. He was a journeyman, lineman. Um, his wife's little, you know, she's like five foot four, and she's having to give him CPR and— he died on her for over like 30 minutes. I think they said 30 or 40 minutes. And uh, cause they're in the middle of nowhere, you know, hunting and uh, before the ambulance and everything showed up, um, he, he died on her, you know, and uh, wow. But to, to tie that all in about the letter, it's crazy because before all that, it was like he had this great piece and he was posting some stuff on Facebook and he wrote this really profound letter and uh, in his letter, he talked about how he had finally made peace with his father. You know, in, in, in the moonlight, you know, just listening to the elk bugle. And uh, he learned life lessons with his father. And he had finally made amends with his dad. And he finally started to realize, the, the you know, the key to life. That life was short and to, to hold grudges and to be blaming your father for, for stuff, you know. And it was such an amazing, powerful letter right because that's what it was it was like a letter it it, it was just profound you know what i mean and i found it and uh i talked to his wife and she's like oh look look what your brother wrote you know and i read it and man it was just it was almost like he knew that he was gonna go you know he's talking about life being too short and you know make peace with god now that you got a chance and live for jesus christ and stuff like that and next you know he's gone you know
1: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing that God allowed him to write that letter uh, Mm -hmm. when he did. Same thing for me. My dad had, uh, you know, never written us a letter, but I have some different things like from I was little that he wrote. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not like uh, he had, you know, was doing this. You know, I really I didn't have anything else from him, and so for him to write the letter like that Mm -hmm. right before he died, having no idea that he was going to die,
0: man. Uh, It was was pretty amazing. Man, I'm getting goosebumps, brother. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) For reals. I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. Um, Now, with that being said, brother, I wanted to kind of just ask you this, you know, with your father and knowing that he wrote that letter and how how much it was to you, you know, just to hear that, you know, is it safe to assume that your dad kind of didn't verbalize that affection towards you? Was it more like when you got this letter it gave you more insight in how he really felt with you and your brothers and, and stuff, or your siblings?
1: Yeah. So, man, that's a great question. So it was one of these things where I knew that my dad mm-hmm. uh, absolutely loved us, um, and he was not the type to verbalize that a ton. He had definitely had told me before um, that he loved me, and there was no question about it. And some of the advice that he gave in um, the letter and uh, – you know, it wasn't anything like, oh my gosh, I had no idea, no idea that dad believed this way. I mean, it was all things like, oh yeah, I'm not surprised dad wrote any of this. Like I know that he believed this way, but there was just something about when it's written down Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, these are the words that dad chose to use. Like this was an intentional sentence that he put in there. Like dad really did believe this or he wouldn't have written this down. He wouldn't have taken the time to write it. And so for me, it just validated all the things that you know, I knew, you know, had my dad, I was 19 years old. I had him for 19 years. And so this letter was really a culmination of, of 19 years of my dad, you know, fathering me. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and putting it down on, on paper, um, man, it just, uh, made it more real It made it, I could just go back and read it over and over, and over again. And it mm-hmm. just, it's, it, almost like seared his words in, into my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it allowed me, uh, as I was facing different decisions, um, in my life, small decisions, big decisions. Um, you know, and you're kind of, you have all these thoughts going on in different voices in, in your head and mm-hmm. some are good, some are bad, but then it would like my dad's voice, like, and it would really be the words that he wrote in this letter, like would, would, would be the strongest, Mm-hmm. You know, you know. one of my the overarching principles of this letter was tr- to trust God
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to follow him. And if God is calling you to do something, go do that. And so, um, man, what, there's been times in my, you know, I was trying to make a, deci- a career decision, and it didn't really make sense. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, to, to do I, – I went to school to be an accountant, and then I got a job offer to work in ministry. And it's like that didn't make sense at all to go – be a campus minister and I had people in my family saying, well, man, if your, if your dad was alive, man, you wouldn't even be considering this. Like, cause in their mind, you're like, you got to go into minister or into business cause you're going to make more money doing that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and I just wanted to be like, no, if my dad was alive, I know what my dad would say if he was alive, because it's written right down here in this letter that I should follow God and trust God. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like God is calling you to do something, you should go do that. <laughs> and uh, you know, so you can't, and no one could put words in my dad's mouth because I it was written down what he thought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about um, you know my marriage. Like there's been just like in any marriage, there's been hard times, uh, in my marriage. My, my I have my wife and I are on the same page now. Like I have an amazing marriage. I love my wife. She loves me. Um, but those moments where it's been hard and it was almost like, um, it was almost like I expected this to happen. Cause it was, um, you know, my dad told me things were going to be hard and he told me to persevere Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, when we hit that really hard spot in my marriage, it was like, well, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. And what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to persevere. That's what dad said to do.
0: Mm -hmm. So. Hmm. With that being said, brother, Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that a father's voice, a father's words, why do you think they resonate so much with their children? Like, why? Why did they have such an effect on us as kids? What do you think that is?
1: Well, I think uh, it's very spiritual mm-hmm. uh, in nature. Um, as we look at the Bible and, um, you know, what is God called? God's called our Heavenly Father. And so I just think that there, from from the moment that we were created, we had this, um, this void in our heart in the shape of a father, and the only thing that can fill it is a father. So even... Uh, as, uh, you know, there's, there's a reason that people who don't know their dads mm-hmm. and they want to know their dads that, that we want, I, I was talking to a, a dad, um, a gentleman he was in his sixties and we had met, we had met at the coffee shop <laughs> we went to the same coffee shop at the same time. And so after I got to know this guy, uh, he was retired. He had, um, done really well in life in his business and financially, And one day he just kind of tells me, he said, man, I'm, I find myself doing everything that I do to try to please my father. Mm -hmm. And he said, my dad died 20 years ago. And so his Mm -hmm. dad had never told him what it, what would, what would make him proud, Mm -hmm. like how to live a successful life. And so this man was doing, honestly, he was trying to live his life to please his dad. And he was doing lots of things that were kind of detrimental mm-hmm. to like, he did, was just living honestly to make as much money as he could because he thought that that somehow was going to le- make his dad proud. And so he had left other relationships behind. And, um, and I just thought it was fascinating that, that this 60 something year old man, he still was living to make his dad proud. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and there's something to it too, because I mean, even like I was talking to my father-in-law and, um, uh... He lost his dad when he was four. He was the last person to see his his father as a little boy. And um, he carries that regret with him. You know, his dad had a heart attack. He couldn't help his dad. He, he literally watched his dad die. And, uh, you know, his mother was dealing with tremendous amount of grief over that situation to even the point where she was even blaming him because he was the last person to, to see his dad. I mean, this is a four- or five-year-old boy who now has to grow up into a man knowing that you and believing that about him, you know, believing that, Hey, maybe I had the cause of this, you know? And, uh, I was talking to him and I was like, I was asking about letters you know, I was like, Oh, how would it feel if your dad, you know, being that your dad died, you know, while you're really young, if, if you had wrote you a letter like that, you know, and told you how proud he was, I was like, do you think that it made a big difference? And he's like, absolutely, David. He's like, I, you know, cause you grow up wondering, is my dad proud of me? He's like, even oh, today, yeah. you know, and he's like, and it's, it's profound. And I wish, I wish I could have had something from him telling me that I was doing a good job that don't worry, you know, you got this.
1: Yeah. Well, a couple of stories come to mind. First one is just what do we read in the Bible when, uh, Jesus was being baptized? What, um, God, the father says to Jesus, he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so what an example that God, the father set and set for us as fathers, you know, Mm -hmm. he told this to Jesus, man, I love my son and I am well pleased. I'm pleased with my son. And then I also was thinking about, um, this, the story that Kobe Bryant shared, um, a year before his death. And he shared this in an interview. And when Kobe Bryant was 12 years old, uh, he was playing basketball in uh, this the Summer League in Philadelphia. And it was a league that his dad had played in, his grandfather had played in. And there was a lot of really good players. He wanted to do really well. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets to the end of the summer, and he had not scored a single point the entire summer. And he is disappointed. He's frustrated. And his dad comes up to him, Kobe shared. Mm-hmm. His dad comes up to him and puts his arm around him and says, Kobe, I just want you to know whether you score zero points or whether you score 60 points, I'm going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, and Kobe said that this was literally the best thing that his dad could have told him because it, it freed him up to mm-hmm. just really go for it. It gave him confidence. And so this is what what when a dad when you know that your dad loves you, when and real and your mom too, and you have both parents loving you, like it just gives you this confidence in life. Like, how could I fail? I can go try anything. I can go for it. Like I've got a dad at home that loves me.
0: Hmm. Man, that is amazing what you just said right there, bro. Because I think a lot of people are. I mean, we see that now. A lot of people are f- afraid to fail, right? And we we hear it all the time. People talking about. Fail forward, fail forward, right? But yep. at the same token, you know what I mean? It, it falls back to, I, I can see the correlation with just that added confidence of your father saying, you know what, it doesn't matter. Just try, you know. I love you no matter what. That unconditional love that only a father and mother can give, right? And man, that, that's cool to see that tie where you're going to have courage in life. I've never seen that before. That's That's amazing, brother. Thank you for... For pointing that well, out, and I've,
1: <laughs> yeah, and i I felt that you know even you know when we got started on this mission um, mm-hmm. to to help dads write their letters, so you know I I when my kids were you know my my oldest is uh, five, so I have a five, three year old, and ten month old and if anyone knows the value of a letter it's me so okay i need to write a letter to um, my children mm-hmm. in case something happens to me you know we have something i have something written down i can sleep at night knowing man my children will have something but also as we talked about man there's more competition for a father's voice than ever before like i've got to get my my voice into their life and i know with social media i know with everything else you know you know they're going to like more, i more never in history has Someone had access to so many different people, potential people to speak into their life. So, okay, I got to get something down. I got to speak some truth into my children's life. Mm -hmm. Man, I go to write this letter, and, man, I can't do it. Like, I can't get it done. Like, it was so hard to organize my thoughts around it. It was so hard to, like, oh, my gosh, like, it was overwhelming, and it was kind of hanging over my head. So at the same time that's happening, two different times I hear – uh, a speaker Victor Marks a guy named Pete Vargas and they tell me their stories of how their dad wrote them a letter mm-hmm. and it changed their life and it just hit me all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh I got to go help dads write a letter to their children that's my calling in life and of course you know as you can imagine I tell this to my wife and she's like what I mean, yeah, that's a very noble thing you're talking about doing. But we got three kids here; we got to provide for. Like, right. how in the world is this? How are you going to be able to provide for our family doing that? And um, and I just had to tell her, like, look, we're gonna we're gonna trust God in this, and we're and we're gonna go for. it. But going back to what we're talking about, I just had that confidence, mm-hmm. like I really, I can't fail here. Like, like even if I start off on this thing, because it's a really scary thing, like to start telling people, hey, this is what you're going to do. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, what if I don't help any dads write a letter? And I just told everyone, this is what I was going to do. Like it's, you know, it's you know, I'm sure you've experienced this as you put yourself out there with the podcast and so many of the great things that you're doing.
0: Um, oh yeah.
1: You have to have this confidence to do it. But it's like, you know what, even if I, you know, don't help as many dads as I was hoping or whatever, it's like, no, it wasn't a failure. Cause, um, and it doesn't matter. Like my, my, my identity is not in what I do. My identity is who I am. And that comes from what my dad told me and um, what the Bible tells me. And so I I can't fail here. I can't lose. We're going for it. Mm
0: -hmm. No, and it's true. It's scary, man. Especially, you know, I, I, I stopped, uh, line work officially in March 17th, 2020 and, uh, man, it was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And I was like, I don't know, man, I'm tired of running. God's been putting this on my heart for seven years. I've been running away from it. this is not what I want to do. And he's closing doors and no man can shut and shutting you know, and opening doors. No man can, can shut. You know what I mean? And, um, it was just crazy. And you're right. It's scary. But that confidence that we get from our fathers helps you to walk through that door. You know?
1: Yeah. And I shouldn't, and it comes from moms, too. I mean, my yeah. mom has told me all along in my life, like, um, Blake, I don't know what you're going to end up doing, but I just know you're going to be successful at it. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't tell you how many times that I've, you know, had doubts in my life. Like, okay, what am I doing here? What am I going to do? But then my mom, I know. I know what my mom told me. My mom told me I'm going to be successful. So I just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I believed her. She believed it when she told me. So I believed her, and uh, it's kept me going.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about, Blake, how important it is for a father to just verbalize this, whether it be writing it down or actually speaking to us, right? Um, why do you think it's hard for fathers to, like, really share their feelings towards their children? You know, according to a uh, psychotherapist Terrence Real. you know, he, he discusses and he refers to as the secret legacy of male depression, right? He talks about how the male value of hiding feelings and, uh, and appearing strong and masculine you know, in our, in our society and uh, how with verbal and emotional pathways of expression, are they start to close. Right. So many men turn to like alcohol or like drug abuse or, you know, different attempts to to f- diffuse their problems because of this. Right. Um, so let's 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 just look at that even deeper, you know, with all these things going on. Why is it hard for men to tell their kids, I love you. I'm proud of you.
1: Well, everything you said uh, mm-hmm. is true. I mean, it is. And, you know, I'm you know, i sure there's different reasons for different guys. You know, yeah. some guys, it's like, man, my dad, you know, if your dad never said it to you. Now, some dads are the opposite. Like, man, my dad never told me I love you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure and tell my kids every day uh, right. that I love them. But, you know, I think there's something there where, you know, you feel weak, mm. um, to be able to say, uh, I, I love you or to admit also, you know, admit anytime you're struggling with anything or admit your true feelings for something like, like just this idea of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like it's just at times just hard to just be vulnerable. And anytime you share a feeling like that, you're kind of opening yourself up. And so, especially if you've been hurt in your, in the past, Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of guys that have been hurt um, and they don't even know it, like they've been wounded by their father and they don't even realize they have. And so when you're opening yourself up, it's like I feel this with my wife. It's like, man, if I go down there and tell my wife right now how much I love her, um, man, you know, there's a potential that, uh, you know, depending on the mood she's in or something, like I may not get the reaction back that I was really wanting and she may not Verbal. Now I know my wife loves me, but she may not verbalize, you know, it back in the exact same way. And so, wow, I just opened myself up for her to potentially um, hurt me. I mean, it could be the same way, um, you know, if I ask. I'll dig this a little bit deeper. If I suggest to my wife, hey, do you want to make love tonight? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that's actually really hard to ask sometimes because it's like, man, I've just really opened myself up and became vulnerable because, you know, she may not want to. Mm-hmm. And, oh, wow, I could take that personal and that really hurt. So I think it could be the same way when we're trying to communicate our feelings to our children mm-hmm. or, you know, it's like, oh, man, I'm really opening ourselves up. And then also I think sometimes we just forget as dads, or we do, maybe we don't forget, or maybe we don't know, like, like how important mm-hmm. those words are. And we just, I've talked to so many dads as I've helped them write their letter. Um, man, surely they just, they, they just, surely they know, right. I was help, yeah. talking to one dad and he said, uh, he said when his, his daughter is an adult now, but when she was fourth in fourth grade, she came home, um, from school. And I guess she told his wife, her mom, um, man, you know, what do I have to do to make dad proud of me? I just feel like there's nothing I can do to make him proud of me. And so this guy's wife told him, hey, you know what your daughter said? And, man, it crushed him. Wow. He was like, I am so proud of her. Like, I tell everybody at work, I tell friends, I tell everyone else, but somehow he had forgot to communicate it to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he told me, he goes, man, I do think there was something in me where I thought, man, if I, if I tell her I'm proud of her and if I tell her too much, she's going to get a big head mm. and I don't want her to get a big head because now I get it. It's the furthest thing from the truth. That That's not what would have happened at all. The more I told her that I was proud of her um, and affirmed her, the more confident she would have been, the more she would have repeated the things that I was proud of her. Mm-hmm. She was going to keep doing those things. Like only good things were going to happen. So that's why I tell dads is you, you cannot tell your children that you love them enough. You cannot tell them enough that you're proud of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so wow! If, if in doubt, just tell them.
0: No, absolutely. And man, I was just, when you are just talking about that there, Blake, I was just thinking, I'm like, man, it, it, it holds true with our children and it holds true with even with our spouse, right? Because I know for me, just like you, you know, you are you don't want to, Assume, like, you don't want to become vulnerable, right? Because you're you know. a fear of, you know, that rejection, shame, yep. right? And yep. you don't know what they're going to say. So, and then a lot of times on the other retrospect, for me again, I always thought, well, they know surely, right? That my daughter, yep. that I love her. And especially even with my wife. Well, of course my wife, you know, knows that I love her. I buy her whatever. You know, I just put in a new kitchen for her. Uh, new dishwasher, new, new this, new that, you know what I mean? But in reality, yeah. they need to hear those words, you know? Cause if you yep. don't tell them someone else will, and that, that's the <laughs> truth brother. There is, I had a, a, a Lyman friend of mine. He used to tell me, he's like, man, he's if you don't love your wife, someone else will. And he's absolutely a hundred percent right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, well, yeah.
1: Cause our wife, I mean, she has a desire to be loved just like yeah. anybody else. And and, so, and
0: they don't want love from anybody else. They want it from you. Right. You know, all these other people can only give her, you know, like say for instance, you know, when we talk about, because we used to work at the church and stuff like that, and I talk with men, you know, with their, their problems with their wives and stuff, and men give their wives 80%, okay? Whenever they walk out, for, and both men and women, in affairs or whatever, It's the 20% that that affair partner gives them, that you're not giving them. They can never give her or him the full 100%, right? But it's that little Mm -hmm. 20%, whether it be the words of affirmation or or, or even the time to to tell them I love you, I cherish you, you're amazing, whatever. You know, you got these predators that are out there that are going to be feeding them and feeding them and feeding them that. And that's what they are. They're predators, you know what I mean? They can't hold a candle to you. They can't carry your tools. Nothing. But they're predators, you know, and it's it's crazy. I mean, and that's the same thing with our daughters. You know, with our daughters, you got oh. these guys who, you know, will start feeding into them, feeding into them, feeding into them. Next thing you know, they're doing these illicit oh. stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, one one of the guys that I helped write his legacy letter, he's the vice president of the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Awesome guy, awesome dad. His daughter um, just turned 13, uh-huh. and I, I told him, I said, "Man, I'm on a mission to help a million dads write at least one well-written letter to their children. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to be um, one of the million. And so I kind of, I kind of put myself out there, right? And he said, uh, he said, "Man, absolutely, let's do it." So I helped him to start write this letter, but he was writing his letter to his his daughter at the time, who was 12, who was entering her teenage years, obviously a very vulnerable time. Mm -hmm. The world is going to be pulling at her in all kinds of different directions. He knows that some boy is potentially and probably will come along and you know, trying to tell her how cute she is and how great she is. And he wanted her to know, hey, you don't need some 13-year-old boy to get love from. You've got a daddy at home Mm -hmm. who absolutely loves you. And uh, he sent me an email, you know, sometimes you get a lot, a lot of times you get an email and you're like, oh man, another email. But man, when you get a good email, like you can't wait to open that. And this was a good email. He sent me this email a few months ago and it Mm -hmm. said, I just gave the the letter to my daughter. And uh, she, she took the letter into her bedroom. He could see through the crack in the door Mm -hmm. and he could see her in there. And uh, she was reading the letter. She started crying. She ran out into the living room where he was. She threw her arms around him, said, thank you, Daddy. I love you so much. He started crying. I'm reading the email. I'm crying just reading the email. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, how awesome is this that I get to help dads, you know, write this letter to their children. And really, it's you know, mm-hmm. like she is going to be a different person. She goes through her teenage years. Like, she's going to, you know, make different decisions now because of her dad and the Mm -hmm. things that he's communicated to her
0: yeah she walks with authority now she walks in in, uh, and knowing that her father loves her you know and that's that's amazing I think that's the greatest gift you can give your children is providing them that security you know that only a father can give um with that being said Blake I wanted to ask you brother let's assume that this is the only exposure to your methodology that you have right um what can you tell the person who is listening to this podcast right now? How can they start writing a letter? What would you say to them?
1: Well, I mean, absolutely. Um, I, I believe that every dad has a letter um, already in their heart. And okay. So it's just getting that letter um, out of their heart into a mind, into a piece of paper, which is the process that we have. That's what it, what it does for dads. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, thinking through, okay, uh, your child and thinking through, um, man, what is, you know, first asking like, um, you know, what is, what is my vision for my family? What is my vision for my child? My, you know, what do I hope to see in mm-hmm. five, 10, 20, 30 years? And I'm talking any age, cause I've helped dads write letters to their newborn, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool to think that this, like my friend's son they're going to have a letter from his dad even before he was born, and born, to, and his dad has communicated, man, I, how much he loves him mm-hmm. and how proud he is of him, you know, even before he was born. Man, how awesome is that? that is but awesome. then I help dads write a letter to their adult children, and uh, they, uh, you know, know their children obviously a lot better, and they have um, they know their personalities better. Mm-hmm. So thinking through that and thinking through, um, man, You know, what do I hope for them? You know, you can see your weaknesses and strengths of your children. So really, um, you know, I think um, maybe my biggest piece of advice Mm -hmm. for a a dad is to not overthink the letter and not think that it has to be some super well-written long letter. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even if you just get something down on paper, uh where you're communicating that you love them that you're proud of them that you believe in them um and it's authentic it's from your heart man you cannot go wrong with that
0: Mm -hmm. no thank you once again just for sharing that i know that's uh your forte and that's what you do and i appreciate you just uh giving our audience you know what i mean a place to start from right just being authentic and speaking from their heart you can never go wrong when you do that right
1: yeah absolutely and so you know that we have an online course that we sell for $140 and walk stats through the whole process but I mean, I have on my website, and that's anyone listening, mm-hmm. man, I absolutely believe this is a, you know, a priceless priceless letter, and I don't want anyone to go without. So you just shoot us an email, mm-hmm. and, and you know, if, if you need financial help or a scholarship, and man, we don't want anyone to not write this letter. So you just let us know, and we'll, you know, do our, you know, provide a way for you to, for us to help you write your letter.
0: No, absolutely, and we appreciate that, and we'll, here at the end of our show, we'll go ahead and let people know where to reach you and stuff like that on that um i wanted to ask you one last question brother being that this this legacy letter when i look at it i look at it kind of like it being therapeutic like i'm looking right now you know just going through the counseling i've gone through and stuff like that um anytime i write down stuff and i really put thought into it, it's very very therapeutic right with that being said how do you write like for instance um Let's see how can I put this. Let's suppose that the person writing the letter already lost the person they want wanted to write it to. Should they still write that letter? Do you think that works that way too? Or
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the things that um, you know, dads tell me, mm-hmm. alluding to what you were saying earlier, is, you know, this the letter is for our children, but you know, as you write the letter, the person who feels the most immediate impact mm-hmm. is is the dad. Is, is you writing the letter mm-hmm. and because it's so like, there's so much self-reflection that goes on and thinking through, through your dad, thinking through like, um, your children, your the advice you want to give to them, man, it's just a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even harder to describe until you do it. And so, uh, man, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, writing the letter. Like if you have had someone pass, um, mm-hmm. uh, man, you know, at that point, the letter is really for you and, and, um, Man, I think anytime that you can write something down, um, man, it's so beneficial. One of the lessons that we actually do is we have a have we write a letter to ourselves from our father, the father, mm-hmm. the letter he never wrote us, um, which is incredibly hard. And I tell dads like this is going to be hard, especially if you had a bad dad or didn't know your dad. But this is what we do as men. We do hard things, and we mm-hmm. know that we're going to be better because of it. So we we do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like the way that you put that, too, because a lot of our listeners are blue-collar dads, you know, and you're absolutely right. We do hard things, especially for our families, you know. And, uh, Blake, I just want to thank you, dude, for coming on. I want to give you that opportunity now to share with our audience how they can reach you and get these letters written, brother.
1: Yeah, you can go to LegacyLetterChallenge.com, um, and you can sign up if you're a uh, business, or uh, you know, we, we have we sell a lot of packages to uh, businesses where the everyone can go through it, or to people with clients, and they give our program away as a gift. And so, mm-hmm. um, you can sign up to go to the self-guided course. You can do some group coaching. Just go to LegacyLetterChallenge.com com, and you can see uh, all that stuff.
0: Right on, Blake. It's such a pleasure to have you on here, dude, and just be able to share your story and seeing how you can turn your mess into a message and I I know it's going to bring tremendous value to our listeners and bring hope and that's what this world needs more than ever is bringing that hope brother once again thank you from the show up dad foundation and thank you Blake Brewer appreciate it Dave